few years ago, I was in a one-on-one coaching session with a very bright young woman. Let's call her Jane. Jane came into our session with a very specific communication problem. She felt she lacked presence in the room. I could see where she was coming from because everything about Jane signaled nice, but also small. Her voice, the way every statement sounded like a question, how she hid her hands in her lap under the table. And before you dismiss this as an episode or commentary just aimed at women, I see this pattern in men as well. And so Jane and I worked on lots of different ways to show up in the room, ways to signal her power, her strength, her intelligence, ways of replacing the negative thought patterns she was telling herself about herself and about the people with whom she was meeting. But one of the pieces of advice I gave her kind of made her do a double take. I asked her, what do you do to bring pleasure and joy into your life consciously? She laughed and she said, Not a whole lot. I'm constantly trying to keep up with everything and mostly failing. I mean, it sounds familiar, right? Jane was in the same hamster wheel as the rest of us, hustling for worthiness, as Brene Brown says, trying to make all the right moves as quickly as possible and as flawlessly as possible every day. But here's what I know as a communication coach. The people who inspire us who make us want to follow them and listen to them, the people who turn us on as communicators, and I don't mean sexually, I mean energetically, those are the people that know how to turn themselves on, who know how to inspire themselves. They are serving from a fullish cup. And when that cup gets low, these people know how to fill it again. To me, authenticity and presence flows from a cup that knows how to fill itself back up. There's this beautiful line from Julia Cameron's groundbreaking book, The Artist's Way, quote, we become original because we become something specific, an origin from which work flows, end quote. To me, when Julia Cameron says we must become something specific, it means we have to be in direct contact with our own real desires, our own weird interests, yearnings, our own human experience. Not the one the culture says is appropriate for us, but the one that actually interests us. To me, having a pleasure practice helps us to become that specific us. Consciously engaging in things that bring us pleasure helps us become that beautiful origin from which work flows. Now, we may be all indulging in chocolate or Netflix or rosé, and listen, those can be very worthy pursuits of relief. But relief is not the same as pleasure. Relief is not the same as joy. The pleasure that comes pouring out of us, the radiance that lights up a conversation, a meeting, a Zoom call, That energy is created when we consciously cultivate joy and pleasure whenever and however we can. But here's the paradox. The things that bring us relief are never more than an arm's distance away. But the things that bring us pleasure are often intimidating, scary. They require a bit of planning, a bit of effort. Just let that sink in for a minute. Relief, easy. Pleasure, challenging. Here's an example. For weeks, I have been moaning 
about the lack of time spent alone. What brings me deep levels of pleasure is time spent alone. (laughs) Obviously something I'm missing right now. So I let myself dreamscape a little bit and I asked myself, okay, what would I do if I wasn't someone's mother or wife or teacher or coach or upstanding citizen? If I was just a solo human, what would I do on this day? And the answer came through so loud and clear. I thought, I'm going to go to Chrissy Field in San Francisco and walk the length of that damn beach with my eyes, ears, and heart wide open. And immediately I knew that was like the perfect thing to do. But I also started immediately thinking of reasons why this wouldn't be feasible. There's the air quality problem. And from this point in time, (laughs) which everything changes so fast now, in this moment, wildfires are raging all over California. The air quality is horrendous. So there's the air quality problem. And then there's the, how dare I take three hours away from my family to go do that, right? Then there's the, what if none of the public bathrooms are open because of COVID-19? Then there's the, what kind of idiot spends two hours in a car just to have a one hour walk? I mean, we could do this all day. It goes on and on. But Knowing what I know about pleasure, part of the gig is that you have to be ready to climb over whatever obstacles show up because that seems to be part of the deal. When we lean into the shit that brings us joy, culture shows up in the form of how dare you messages. The universe tests our steeliness with random inconveniences and blocks. Be ready. Lean in anyway. So I said to myself, your kids are fine. Their dad is in the house. There's a fridge stocked with food and very stable Wi-Fi. And if public bathrooms aren't open, there are many a bush that I could pee behind or even bring a cup to pee in. Because, I mean, listen, it wouldn't be the first and only time. We've all had to pee in a bush at some point in our lives. It wouldn't be the end of the world. And you know what? I'll tell you what kind of idiot spends two hours driving for a one-hour walk. The kind of idiot who loves listening to podcasts and audiobooks and car dancing. In other words, me. I'm that idiot. So I got into my car and no shit, one of my tires was flat. So I grabbed the keys of the other car and realized there were only four miles of gas in the tank. Whatever, pleasure means overcoming obstacles. So I cleaned the ashes off the windscreen from the fires and headed to North. And I was so rewarded for it. I saw the gorgeous Golden Gate Bridge dazzling despite the state of the world. I heard the familiar sounds of the foghorns the very same ones that lulled me to sleep for the 10 plus years I lived in the city. I saw Alcatraz through the haze of fog and smoke from the Napa fires. I saw ginormous gray feathered cranes and tiny little willets. I saw a woman in her 60s swimming the length of the beach, and it's a long beach, without a wetsuit, with her black lab paddling patiently behind her. I saw a red-haired little girl squatting in the sand, her diaper sticking out of her swimsuit as she carefully scooped her bucket of seawater into a hole she dug. I brought binoculars so I could look closely at all the birds and the trees and the cloud formations that interested me. There were so many things to look at. I filled myself up by paying attention. And one of the great pleasures in this life is simply paying close attention to what is around me. In fact, that experience in Chrissy Field reminded me of another beautiful quote from Julia Cameron. Quote, the more difficult truth is that creativity is grounded in reality. 
in particular, the focused, the well-observed, or the specifically imagined, end quote. Replace the word creativity with presence, and the sentence is equally true. Presence is grounded in reality, in particular, the focused, the well-observed, or the specifically imagined. When people come to me looking for tips on executive presence, I of course talk about the mechanics of good communication skills, but eventually the work leads to this issue, this deeper truth, asking us to enter more deeply into life itself, asking us to dig in to what fills us up. Now I'm going to make a huge generalization right now. Okay. So indulge me for many of us, especially women, especially married women, especially married women with children, cultivating pleasure for pleasure's sake is a radical act straight up. We feel bad for feeling good. If our kids or our husbands or our partners aren't there feeling good beside us, we feel guilty for indulging in a trip just to be alone with our thoughts, our emotions, our music. We ask ourselves, who even does this? This is weird. Forget it. I'll just muscle through and then bury my feelings in a nice rosé tonight. And so we reach for relief instead of pleasure. Here's the thing, friends. I think it's time we choose a new word to strive for. Instead of trying to be good men and women and people, let's try to be alive, lit up women and men and people, especially now, especially with everything going to hell in a handbasket. Alive, lit up. Because when we feel most alive, the most lit up, we feel also the most grateful. And from that gratitude springs a passion, a desire to serve, to help, to do what we can to make things better. And from this place, we are filled with power, with presence, with purpose. We shine. Which brings me back to my story, to Jane. Jane left our session with practical ways to manage her body language and to have a strong intention for the meeting or the presentation. And Jane and I worked on making sure she had her key points and that she was ready to deliver those key points in a way that was repeatable and clear and authentic. But Jane also left our meeting with a plan to fill herself up, to light up and tend to the beautiful fire within. She left committed to filling herself up to capacity with moonlight, with poetry, with emotion, with laughter, with grief, with her own gorgeous humanity. That's the fullness I wish for all of us. Because in that fullness, our presence radiates and draws people in. We become the fire that people gather to warm themselves by. You want to improve your presence, my friend? Dive deep into what brings you pleasure. And from that place, you will radiate. From that place, you will shine. Shine on, you crazy diamonds. I'll see you next time.